Run Talk SA. It's episode 32. I'm Simon Parkinson and Brad Brown. How's it? How are you doing? Very good, Parky. I, I wish I could be saying I was doing better from a running perspective, but been really busy with these Comrades Road shows that we, we're doing. We were in the, the Free State and Northern Cape last week. This week we're heading to, to KZN. We're going to be in Richards Bay in Margate and in central Durban. So things are quite busy from a travel perspective. And so, yeah, unfortunately not getting too much time on the road with the weather in Gauteng when I am home. Well, I can tell you that uh, a couple of my mates this last weekend ran the Sasselberg run down in the Free State. And uh, from the reports I got back, a uh, fantastically well-organized run. Uh, only about 1,200, 1,300 runners. Quite a few people from Gauteng uh, got up early, 3 o'clock in the morning, and trekked themselves down there to be at the start by 6 or by 5, 5.30. And uh, as I say, water points, well done. Uh, big thumbs up there from the people that uh, came back and reported to me. And uh, in actual fact, a fantastically well-organized run overall. So well done to the organizers of the Sasselberg this last weekend. And uh, may you have many more good runs to come in the future. It certainly seems like one to keep an eye on. Uh, I must admit, Brad, that I am also suffering from rain fatigue. <laughs> I'm not a great runner of, uh, or a great fan of getting out and running in the rain. And uh, certainly Kauteng's seen its fair share of rain over the last couple of weeks. But uh, I am glad to say that, you know, you get to that stage where you've been away, you've been a little bit heavy on the legs, you've not really got into a stride. I sort of equate it to running like a donkey. You know, you sort of run that first K breathing heavily and, uh, and with one foot not really going in time with the other or one leg not going really as, as smoothly as it could. And I've been having runs of 10 or 12 Ks with that feeling all the way around. And I'm glad to say this last weekend I managed to do a race or a run, should I say, where I started to think, this feels quite good. And I think the answer is if you persevere at those terrible runs, which seem to happen four or five times sometimes in a week, and then all of a sudden it just clicks, and I don't know why, but it has. Yeah, it says your fitness uh, improves as well, Parky. I think it gets easier and easier, and, and that's the key. is probably persistence and, and consistencies. Just keep on getting out there even when it is hard. That's something that I did over December where I did that. It was about a 40-day run streak, and I definitely got my, my mojo back. But unfortunately, it, uh, sort of time's not allowing me to do much at the moment. You mentioned the Sasselberg Marathon, by the way, and, and well-organized uh, as a race. We've been getting quite a few sort of messages about other races as well uh, that have been superbly organized. Obviously, the last two weeks here on Run Talk SA, that's been a big talking point about uh, poorly organized races and, and what needs to be done to improve the quality of our races here in, uh, in South Africa and in Gauteng in particular. So yeah, keep those comments coming and emails. Uh, and if you haven't listened to those two podcasts, they, they make for pretty interesting listening. So head back to episode 30 and 31 of Run Talk SA. This week on the show, Brad has got something which could rock the South African running, uh, well, South African running as a whole. Um, a big story and something which is uh, going to be explored by a number of people within the running circles. Uh, but Brad, you found possibly uh, some cheating is taking place. Yeah, Parky, sadly so, and, and I, I mean, I do quite a bit of work for the organization, and I'm pretty sure it's not just the Comrades Marathon that this happens at. Uh, I'm pretty sure that it happens in, in many races around the country every single weekend, but obviously Comrades, because of the timing mats and that sort of thing, uh, it's quite possible to, to, to sort of figure out splits and that sort of thing and what people were averaging and what they should be averaging and what they end up uh, actually averaging. So. Uh, yeah, chatting to a gentleman today who, who got in touch with us uh, not so long ago and sent me through a whole bunch of evidence uh, of uh, alleged cheats. Obviously, nothing's been proved yet, but we're going to lay the facts uh, from a statistical point of view on the table in today's episode. Uh, we've also got uh, a letter that was sent by the chairman of the Comrades Marathon Association. 
to this gentleman in question who who raised this issue with the Comrades Marathon uh, and there are obviously still disciplinary hearings and that that need to take place so we can't mention any names although we have uh, in our possession all the names all the evidence and and it's quite damning and we'll chat all about that in this week's show we'll get down to exactly how it came about uh, that this guy came across this information and and the analysis that he did to sort of figure out what he's figured out and it's it's very very interesting I mean I read his email when he, when he laid it all out and and my jaw was on the floor so this is one you don't want to miss keep listening uh and yeah give us your comments let us know your thoughts you can tw- uh, you can tweet us at RuntalkSA. You can also pop it on our Facebook page. Just go to facebook.com forward slash RuntalkSA. Or alternatively, send us an email and let us know what uh, what you think. And that email address, just for those uh, who are going to send it by email, it's podcast at runtalk.co.za. So let's get into it. Here we go. This is episode 31. Welcome to RuntalkSA. As Parky and I alluded to in the intro of this week's show, uh, some big news that we've stumbled upon in the last week that uh, we think is, is quite a big story and, and some things might uh, come of this. That I think they, they personally do with the evidence that I've been presented with and we want to present you with that evidence uh, today as well to, to let you know what we've come across and, and hopefully uh, we can get a resolution from this from the governing bodies involved and it's an absolute pleasure to welcome Mark Dowdwell who is uh, an lecturer at the University of Advertisement. Mark, welcome on to Run Talk SA. Thanks uh, a lot for taking the time to chat to us. Uh, absolutely. Thank you very much, Brad, and thanks for your time as well. Mark, it's quite interesting. I mean, we, we met for the first time uh, a couple of weeks ago at uh, RAC at the, the Comrades Marathon Roadshow that was put on. And uh, you wanted to, to chat a, a couple of issues that you wanted to bring up. You decided that wasn't the right forum, so you popped us an email last week and and uh, left some, some or, or sent us some, some damning evidence, in my opinion, on, on what could possibly be quite a few cheats uh, at the 2013 Comrades Marathon and, and, and beyond. And, and don't get me wrong, let me, I stated in the intro as well, I do quite a bit of work for Comrades, and I don't think this is a, a problem that's exclusive to the Comrades Marathon. I'm willing to put money on it that this sort of thing happens at races every single weekend around the country. One of the reasons it's able to be picked up in Comrades is just because of the number of timing mats. They've got a lot more timing mats than most racers do. And at the end of the day, it's not a, a Comrades Marathon decision what to do with this. It's up to KZN Athletics who point race referees for the race and, and uh, the ball's now in their court and we wait. But let, let's chat about the, the evidence that you presented. Before we get into exactly what we think happened, tell us a little bit about how you came about sort of analyzing this data off, off the Comrades website and, and the timing timing sort of data from, from the 2013 Comrades Marathon. Sure, sure. Um, uh, uh, as many runners are always interested in talking about stats, um, one of the things that often comes up with uh, races is talking about the idea of positive and negative splits. And, and we go on and on about what's the right way to do it and so on. So one of my interests was to try and have a look at some of the data that's available off of the Comrades website, specifically the timing data. As you mentioned with the new timing mats, or at least the timing mats that are across the course. Uh, so I essentially pulled out all of the data, everyone's results for the two, 2013 race, and calculated their time to halfway, and then subsequently their time from halfway to the finish again and did a comparison of those. Uh, just trying to break down, to try and get an idea of how, you know, how many people run negative splits, say, where the second half is faster than the first, and uh, what is the sort of range of variation that you see. And I, I was expecting, I had some idea of what to expect, and um, I was expecting most people to get slower, 
And in fact, the, the results do generally show that a very, very small fraction of people end up running a negative split at Comrades. Um, what did surprise me greatly is seeing that there was an even smaller handful of people that ran extremely big negative splits. So meaning that the, the second half of the race, possibly as much as an hour or more faster than the first half of the race, um, which just seems, uh, it's not impossible, but it seems somewhat difficult to understand how that can potentially yeah, happen. It's highly unlikely. I mean, especially if you look at, if you look at last year's race, the 2013 race, the conditions, uh, if you look at the, the amount of people that didn't finish, I mean, that drop-off rate was the highest they've had in I don't know how many years. Almost a third of the field didn't make it. And those conditions were really probably uh, amplified in the second half more than the first, obviously because of the fatigue. But that's where the Berg winds really kicked in. It was really hot that second half. So to run a negative split last year would have been pretty good going. But, I mean, you're talking some really, really big negative splits in 2013. Very big. Um, so, so what I... When I originally plotted the data, I noticed a couple of weird outlying numbers. And I thought, at first, I, my initial thought was, well, there, there must be some errors in the data, perhaps. And the data that I was looking at was essentially the raw championship timing data. So I pulled out the identified which, which uh, uh, race number it corresponded to, and then pulled out that individual's uh, timing mats and um, general comrades results. And uh, was very surprised to discover that for the 2013 race, that one particular case, which ended up being, I think it was an hour and 38 minute negative split, uh, the guy in the end had ended up missing a timing mat along the way. So specifically, it was a timing mat between Drummond and um, Cowies, which... Uh, it wasn't at Polly's, it wasn't Cowies, it was... It, it, was, it was on a down run, so... Oh, no, well, well, no, this was 2013. Just oh, sorry, 2013, yeah. right, right, sorry, 2013. Okay, so, um, 20, yes, so 2013, I pulled out the splits. Uh, yes, it was with this one case. So, so the negative splits in the 2013 race, um, I must now get my facts right, was about, it was also about an hour. Um, and let me, actually, give me a second. I'm just going to pull out the split, actually, so I can give you the give you some sensible numbers. Uh, yeah, so, so the split ended up being for the 2013 race was about an hour and 40 minutes, a negative split. Uh, so traveling through halfway just before the cutoff and then finishing inside of a bronze medal. Um, and that was, there were perhaps, I, I would say maybe 20 people that managed to run more than 20 minutes faster in the second half out of all of the people that ran Comrades. Um, on average, I would say most people end up running up to an hour or an hour and a half slower in the second half. So it was, it was exceptional to see someone who'd run faster. Um, so originally, I was just interested. I said, well, that's amazing. I, I would like to run an hour and 40 minutes faster in the second half of Comrades. So I pulled out the results and uh, um, had a look at the previous history, as one can do on the Comrades website. But before, before you get to the previous history, Mark, I mean, it's, mm. there's... On Comrades Race Day, between I think I don't know how many people ran last year. I think it was about thirteen, fourteen thousand. Just about. So I, I don't know what the statistical chances of it are that that, or, or even from a, a technical point of view, that there's lots of people crossing those timing mats. That there, there might be a chance that your chip doesn't read. I'll I'll give someone the benefit of the doubt there. But if you then go back and look at average speeds leading up to that first timing timing mat. 
mm. uh, and then when the guy went off the grid and then was picked up again, if you look at the, this vast differences in the average time, but 2013, you, you mentioned that it was a big negative split, but you then went back into this particular runner. We're not going to mention his name tonight because obviously no. there's investigations uh, underway, and, but we've got, got all the numbers and, and there's lots of others. We'll talk about those too. But you then went back in this particular runner's history and came across something extraordinary in 2009. Yeah, so, so the 2009 race, um, it, 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 the time stood out, the finish time stood out. Uh, so I again had a look at the splits across the timing mat and noticed that the individual concerned crossed, so obviously okay, there, there was a down run that year, so started up in Peter Maritzburg, uh, crossed the timing mat at Camperdown, crossed the timing mat at Drummond, in, which is at halfway. Uh, the race time at that point was about just under six hours, 5.59. Then missed the timing mat at Winston Park and crossed the timing mat at Cowies, which is uh, just on the other side of Pine Town, and the race time at that particular point was seven hours and twelve minutes, which means that the person managed to cross, or, or managed to run something in the order of, um, what? How many k's is that? Uh, it's just over twenty, probably about twenty-six kilometers. And uh, the person covered that distance in an hour and thirteen minutes. So the, if you work out the average pace, that's about two minutes forty-nine seconds a k. And the world record for half marathon, the pace for world record for a half marathon is is a couple of seconds faster than that. So it, it begs belief to think that a guy can run basically at world record pace. Especially, On top of that... Especially, if, yeah, especially when if you look at what his average pace was until, leading, up to, yeah, leading up to missing that mat. I mean, uh, at Camperdown... He was he was at seven fifty two per kilometer. That was his average up to to that point. That's uh, right. Yeah. And then and then there's this huge huge sort of. There's a decrease. Yeah. So it's seven fifty two, averaging seven fifty two a k to Camperdown. The the section from Camperdown to Drummond, he was averaging eight minutes fifteen seconds a k. Then the 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 missing section from Drummond to the other side of Cowies, an average pace of two minutes forty nine seconds a k. And followed that up with on the way to the finish, dropping back down to eight and a half minutes. Okay, so and the other thing which I think is telling is so that was the fastest split Drummond to Cowies. That was the fastest split on the day. No faster one else. Than the guys, in, faster than the guys who won. Faster than the guys who won. The next fastest split was by a guy called Lenich Vetsov, who was some almost twenty minutes slower over that section. And Leonard ended up coming second overall. The next fast was Stephen Mazingi, who won the race. Yeah, so, so it, the, the evidence there, just looking at those numbers, uh, I mean, like I was saying, the chances of you missing a timing mat, the possibility is there that maybe your chip didn't read when you crossed the mat. But when you look at the average pace for each of the segments, it's just so out of character for what this runner was, was running that the only conclusion, in my opinion, is that he hopped in a car. I think that it, it would be impossible to come up with any other plausible argument for this. And just as one other it. thing, someone might listen to this and go, well, perhaps, you know, maybe the data was wrong. Maybe, you know, there's something got mixed up. Because of the recent, it, uh, probably in the last three or four years, they have cameras at each of the timing mats. So you can go and look at yourself crossing the timing mat. And, and just to double check that the timings time, were correct. Yeah, that's linked I, to your timing chip. So that's how they do it. When you come over the mat, that's linked to a timestamp on the, the time, camera. Absolutely. 
So I just double-checked that, in fact, this guy did indeed, he was physically crossing the mats at these times. So that means he physically covered that distance at this crazy speed. And I agree, the only possible implication can be there was a vehicle involved. Mark, there's a, there's a couple of other things out of this particular case as well that, for me, raises flags. Uh, and, and one of the big ones is this guy received his double green number in 2013. So uh, by looking at the evidence from the 2013 race with that hour, 30 hour, 40 negative split, uh, and then looking back at 2009, the history of, of that race, this guy should theoretically, in my opinion, but obviously nothing has been proved yet. It's, it's still, still allegations and, and being investigated. But this guy should technically, and, and we haven't even looked at his entire history. We've looked at two races, essentially, should be sitting on, on number 18. So there's two medals that he's earned, in my opinion, that he shouldn't have earned. So uh, theoretically, he should give those medals back and he should give his double green number back. Absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. I, I, I mean, that's something which I guess I didn't mention earlier. We're not talking about a runner here who is trying to um, win some prize money or pick up a hot spot or something like that. This this is a person like most of us who run comrades. We we just the ordinary runners who make up the numbers and enjoy our day out. And for most of us, what we aspire for maybe running a few comrades, maybe possibly getting a permanent number. And that's something which for most comrades runners is a really really big thing. And perhaps that's the most insidious thing about this. This guy wasn't cheating to earn money or, or anything like that. It, it was essentially cheating for the respect of friends and family and peers. And it was completely disrespectful to the idea of what Comrades Marathon is. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you 100% on that, especially coming from, from a family where, where there are a couple of green numbers in, in my immediate family. Uh, to me, it's disrespectful to the race. And... and the, the sad thing is, I mean, also, we, we don't really know because the, the whole analysis hasn't been done. But I think, I think the number that, that you mentioned to me in, in this thing in 2013, there were 32 people who missed timing mats in 2013. There were 32, yeah. Uh, I think it, uh, there were nine of those whose finish time was over 12 hours. So those were potentially people that, um, well, I don't know. Well, they wouldn't have been counted as finishes, but certainly they missed timing mats. But there were definitely 23 people who finished in official time who somehow managed to miss timing mat. And it's, it's interesting you ask about it. At the um, old Ed's race near the end of last year, I managed to, I was running past, they were, it was timed by championship. And I stopped at one of the championship little buses and I asked the guy there, you know, how, how likely is it that someone crosses the mat and maybe you don't pick it up? And the guy that I was speaking to was fairly adamant. He said, it's impossible. He said, unless it's encased in some sort of metal, the chip is going to be detected. It's just, it's just almost unlikely that it happens. I know you've done some cycle races as well. And, you know, if you think of something like August, you have thousands of people crossing timing mats in rapid succession. And their bikes with metal around. And they manage to pick up all of the, all of the timing chips. So it really is hard to understand how a timing mat doesn't get detected. Yeah, and, and, and obviously, I mean, I, I'm presuming you haven't done analysis on those 23 people that, that ended up finishing within the cutoff because that, that'll take a lot of work. But it's, it's flags that should be raised, uh, and, and the referees need to be looking at that. And, and my gut feel is that more and more people are, are doing this. I, I mean, 32, 32 people, let's take the 23 that finished, as a, percent, a percentage of the comrades feel is not a large percentage. But, but I would have a guess at it that... You, you hardly ever hear of cases of guys cheating like this. So 
my gut feel would be more and more people are, are trying to get away with it. I, I think it, it, it certainly is the case because if you think about the mechanism involved, you, it's very hard to think that a guy would leave a vehicle somewhere and then he'd run with keys and sneak off and get in his vehicle and then drive and leave it somewhere. The most likely thing is if someone's going to do this, there must be other people involved. So, you know, it's, it's something that's spoken about. And if, if people know that so-and-so got away with it, they might think to themselves, ah, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm a bit injured this year, so maybe I'll skip out 40Ks of comrades and just jump in a car. I, I don't understand it. I mean, it makes no sense to me. I, I can't imagine anyone who's run comrades, it would even cross their mind to get into a car at any point. Um, I, I mean, actually talking of disrespect, what I think it really disrespects, there are plenty of guys who have finished their comrades running careers on 19 comrades marathons or 18 comrades marathons. And there are also plenty of people that have started comrades many times and haven't finished the comrades yet. And I'm pretty sure none of those people had entered their head to say, well, I really want a comrade's finish, so I'm going to get in a car. You know, it's, 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 it's disrespectful to the people that make an effort, a genuine effort. Yeah, absolutely. Mark, something I mean, I mentioned that was, was the one thing. The, the other thing for me that raises big flags, in particular with this, this runner, that, uh, that with this evidence from 2013 and 2009, is if you look at his, his running history, Yes, people change running clubs quite often uh, for various reasons, whether they move from Cape Town to Joburg or to Durban. Uh, I mean, I've run for, for a couple of different running clubs as well, but, but for various different reasons. But what, what makes this one really interesting is in his 20 years, and he's had a couple of DNFs, so there's 22 races uh, in, in this runner's uh, history. And I'm just counting here. I'm on, on the thing now. They've run for one, two, three, four five, six, seven different running clubs over 22 years, and they're all in the same area, mm. which, which for me raises some serious, serious questions with regards to did the running clubs know what was going on and they didn't want to raise, raise any like alarm bells and, and put a spotlight on them and they just said to this person, you know what, we know what's been up and, and we think it's best you move on. Th for me, that's the first, especially looking at this, this runner's history, that's the first thing that, that I can think of. I would agree. I, I mean, I've looked through a lot of the comrades' data, and one of the other things I think that is interesting to look at are tracking people that have run multiple comrades. It's just interesting to see the progression. You can see age effects and various other things. But one thing which stands out to me looking at uh, most of those cases, almost all of those runners have run virtually the entire comrades' history for the same club. It's, it's relatively unusual to have people that move clubs and certainly it's unusual to have more than two or three or four different clubs in a, a long comrades history. Uh, so I, I would agree. I think it's, it certainly is a flag that something could be off. Um, and, and what I could say about this particular case, inform me, I have chatted with one of the clubs and, and people there confirmed that uh, essentially they, they had observed some suspicious behavior and they were very unhappy with it. Um, uh, effectively, they when he uh, when this particular individual tried to renew his membership of the club, they said, "Look, sorry, we we no longer want to have you in our club," um, and they 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 reported some of this information to the powers that be. But unfortunately, it seems um, to date, unfortunately, nothing has happened about that. And that's one of the reasons why why I wanted to chat to you, Mark. We've got we've got a fairly sizable audience, a lot of comrades, runners, and. 
I just think it's in the best interest. And, and once again, I'll say it, say it like I said in the start. I, I'm not doing this to knock the Comrades Marathon. Uh, I'd be stupid to do that because I do work for them. But uh, the thing that, that bugs me is, and, and like I said as well, is I, I'm almost convinced that this sort of thing is happening at races every single weekend around the country. And, and my feeling is uh, a few people need to be made an example of, especially in cases where it's this cut and dried. I mean, I don't know what the outcome of the disciplinary hearing is going to be or, or why it hasn't been concluded sooner. But uh, I'll ask KZN Athletics that when, when I chat to them, if they, if they want to, to comment on this. But I just, I just feel that, that it needs to get out there, and there are people that do it. And like you say, we, we can't fathom the reason because I wouldn't consider doing it, you wouldn't mm. consider doing it, but people are doing it. And there are ways to catch them out. And, and I think if, if they are caught out, they, they need to face the consequences of the action. I, I absolutely agree. I, I mean, I, I could make a few points. I, I absolutely love the Comrades Marathon. So I have no interest at all in knocking the Comrades Marathon. Um, I do have a big problem with people that disrespect the Comrades Marathon. And people like that, I think, need to, as you say, need to be made an example of so that it's understood that there's a great deal of respect for this. And I think, you know, if you virtually every person that I've spoken to at races around the country about this expresses just it's shock, it's disbelief. So I don't think you'd find a single person that's run comrades and you could tell them the story and they'd go, ah, yeah, you know, but there's there are people that cheat and everything and there are people that, you know, take advantage of things that happens that don't don't let it bother you. I mean, you could you could take that approach, but we are a community of runners and for us, Something like comrades is a, a big thing, and I think that we should we should take ownership of that and ensure that it continues to get the respect that it deserves. So part of doing that, I think, is to look out for cases like this. And the technology is there. I mean, as as I pointed out, it's I, I looked at some very basic stats to get this this information out. Uh, it, I wasn't following up on heavily detailed information. I just looked at a few numbers, and without a great deal of difficulty, you can see some erroneous things which certainly I think need to be followed up. Yeah, and it's also a case of, Mark, I think that the, the deeper you dig with that, that information that you've got access to, and, and let's be upfront here, that this, all of this information is available, it's in the public domain, that if you actually spent sure. a bit of time and analyzed it, you can, you can work this out for yourself. So it's not like this information has been obtained through devious methods. Sure, or, yeah. It's literally, you can go onto the, onto the website and you can get this information for yourself. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, I think that's also a good thing about Comrades is that this information is publicly available and it's a, it's a valuable resource. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's an amazing, and, and there's, there's so many people you, you talk about that you love. There's so many people that are passionate about this race and, and it's, it's part of so many people's sort of, everyone's got a story. I mean, that's what I, what I chat about. And, and it is, like you say, it's disrespectful. I, I think of the guy that, that got me into running who, who had a stroke and had to teach himself to walk again. And his first attempt, he, he missed the cutoff and, and came back because he really wanted to run the Comrades Marathon. And he made it with a couple of minutes to spare and he's never finished another one. And, and in cases like that, I, I think it's dis disrespectful to someone like that that this guy exactly. can get away with it. To me, that stories like that are, you know, it's... To me, it's almost the, the most impressive thing about commerce is, is that someone attempts to do it. That, that is impressive. And, and the winners are impressive as well. Obviously, that's, that's great. But one of the things is comrades is it, it's accessible by ordinary people, people that you meet in your day-to-day -day life. So when someone gives something like this, a big effort, 
whether it comes off or not, whether they manage to, to finish the race or maybe they, they get cut off or don't make the finish, they, they deserve a certain amount of respect for doing that. And someone who, who disregards that is, I, I, it's very difficult to understand. And, and I, my sort of view of it is that I wouldn't really want to be involved in races that that same person lines up at. I, I would find it very distasteful to have, for example, the person we're talking about start the 2014 comrades with me. I, it's something which I think is, um, yeah, dreadful. <laughs> no, I, I'm with you 100%. And, and yeah, I'm going to put it out there. I, I'd love to get your comments uh, if you're listening to this and, and if you've run a comrades or if you, you aspire to run a comrades. Uh, let us know. You can tweet us at RuntalkSA. Uh, you can also pop your, your comments on our Facebook page. Just go to facebook.com forward slash RuntalkSA. Or if you'd like and you don't want to put your comments in the public domain, pop us an email, podcast at RuntalkSA.co.za. But it's so often the case, and, and I know this because of the work that I do with comrades, but there's often people who try and uh, sort of cheat on their, their seeding time, so they've actually only they've run a 5 a 449 marathon but then they go in and say that they've ran uh, a 415 so they can get a better seating and and so often those guys get caught out by fellow club mates who go hang on a sec you shouldn't be in that seating batch and and then they contact the comrades marathon association and that's how a lot of these things come about that people do get caught out but as far as this sort of thing the evidence is there on on the timing mats and 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 by checking the the cameras when they when they cross timing mats and, and working out the splits so in, mm. in my opinion this is cut and dry that, that this person has definitely hopped in a car and, and let's hopefully uh, see that that case in athletics uh, follows this thing through and takes appropriate action against this person Mark I want to thank you for your time I don't know if there's anything else you want to add uh, I, perhaps maybe just one thing to mention uh, it, this has been a learning process for me as well and I think you did mention it uh, at the beginning of the chat uh, it, the the rules regarding disciplinaries are something that needs to be understood. Uh, I was under the impression that it was Comrades Marathon itself that would manage the disciplinaries. But in fact, the way that disciplinary proceedings work is the, the home federations of the athlete concerned look out for these things. So the, the, the butt, if you like, lies firmly, or the ball, if you like, is in, in firmly in the port of KZN Athletics. Um, and I, I agree. I, I look forward to hearing... Um, positive results from the outcomes of those disciplinary meetings. And uh, you talk about the process. I mean, you first approached comrades with this, and you eventually heard back. Uh, obviously, you've been following up on this thing. Was uh, mm. you, you sent an email again last week uh, to the uh, CEO Chris Bruvet and uh, to the chairman of the Comrades Marathon Board, McDonald Chicha, and, and you actually got a response from uh, from McDonald, and he he pretty much explained exactly that to you that that's yes, the the process yeah. that it's out of their hands. It's up to the governing body now. To, to follow this one through. Yes, absolutely, yeah. So they, they certainly, I mean, CMA are aware of it, and, uh, and, and McDonald was very clear. He says they're following the processes, and the process is that the disciplinaries referred to KZN Athletics, and they're waiting to hear on those findings. Yeah, and so, it, it was exactly the same with uh, the Ludwig Mamabolo doping case. They, exactly. they have procedures that they have to follow, and in my opinion, Comrades has done what they need to do now, but the, the ball is now in, in Kazan Athletics Court, and, and hopefully we'll, we'll get a decision soon. I mean, you never know how long these processes take, but uh, I mean, it's more than six months since the uh, 2013 race, and, and let's hope that it can be resolved uh, fairly soon. I hope so. I certainly hope so. And I, I think the other thing is people that perhaps listen to this and that are incensed by it, and it's perhaps worth, uh, you know, maybe contact KZN Athletics or, 
or speak up when you when you speak to people at uh, Comrades Association even, just so that so that people are aware that this is an issue that sits on your mind. Um, it's something you feel strongly about, and and I, I think comrades would be very happy to take this forward further. Uh, I do understand they need to operate within the rules of the provincial disciplinary meetings as well, though. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good point is, is don't be apathetic towards it. Uh, take a stand. I mean, we presented the facts. You sent me a couple of graphs this afternoon as well with the, with the dots and how things are skewed. I'll pop yeah. that up on our website as well if you don't mind, Marcus. I mean, just looking at that puts it in perspective and you can see the number of people who ran uh, positive splits and then you look at the few who've run negative and then all of a sudden there's this loan in the middle of nowhere. I think that, that says everything as well. So, uh, Mark Dowswell, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, we'll Thank see you, what Ray. happens next week. Maybe we maybe we can do a follow-up. There, there might be quite a bit that, that comes out of this. Hopefully, in, in my opinion, I hope that a lot does come out of it and, and people are made aware of this and, and hopefully we get a lot of comments and, and perhaps we could have another chat next week and, and see what, what has come out of it. Certainly. Thank you very much, Brad. There you have it. Uh, interesting stuff, to say the least. And what will come of it, we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully, we'll get some comments from KZN Athletics for next week, uh, next week's episode of Run Talk SA. But in the meantime, I'd love to get uh, your comments on it. Let us know your thoughts on that. I know a lot of people have got uh, some strong thoughts uh, about people like that in particular who are uh, double green number holders who have uh, done this uh, allegedly and uh, I mean I was chatting to my dad about this last night Parky and, and my dad's run 11 comrades and he's adamant in, in his response and he reckons they must be banned they're not even be be given a bit of a, a short two-year ban they must be banned for life that they can't run the race again they need to return medals and and uh, if they are green and double green numbers involved they need to return those numbers as well so be in touch oh, wow. at Run Talk SA on Twitter on Facebook as well look us up all podcast at runtalksa.co.za before I, I cut you off there Parky what were you going to add? I was just going to say, you know, I mean, the thing is, is uh, people at the top of their game, and I mean, one only has to look to Lance Armstrong, who was a hero to many and still is in actual fact. I mean, he was stripped of his medals of the Tour de France, and, um, you know, cheating is cheating, whatever level. And if these people are found to be guilty, then I would agree 100%. I mean, they have to return those medals, and um, they certainly, if they've got green numbers, should not be, uh, those should not be honoured. And uh, I would say a very, very lengthy ban at the very least, if not, uh, if not a, a total ban by ASA or you know the governing body for comrades and various other races. Uh, it's it's interesting though. I mean, for me, I find that it's bizarre because if you are uh, an amateur runner and these people allegedly are amateur runners. Um, then you've got to ask yourself, why? Why bother? I mean, is it really worth it? I mean, you're only really racing against yourself. You're not racing against anybody else. There's no prize money involved. This is a race uh, against your own your own mind. And it's, it's, it's a race against, well, what a number of people will never, ever be able to achieve. Yeah, Parky, I agree with you 100%. And I think that's what makes this thing really sad is is they, they're only cheating themselves if, if they are found guilty of, of doing this. And and I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I couldn't look someone in the eye and go, hey, I've got a double green number at Comrades, when deep down I know that I don't have a double green number at Comrades, that, that I've cheated to get that award. It's just, I don't know, some people are obviously different and, and uh, can live with themselves if they've done that, but uh, me personally, I couldn't do it. No, well, I'm sure more will come out in the wash, and uh, if you have heard of anything, and we don't want to sound like a crime line here, but if you have heard of anything and you want to add comment and give us thought, 
uh, we'd love to hear from you. You know the address. It's uh, quite easy to send us an email. It's podcast at runtalksa.co.za. Of course, you can also get to our um, our website address is www.runtalksa.co.za and uh, the Twitter and Facebook addresses that we would be more than happy to receive your information from and that's at runtalksa. Cool, yeah, Parky, I mean, speaking of that website as well and it, it's quite funny that we're talking Comrades Marathon. Next week, Monday, the 10th of Feb is the next in our New Balance uh, Journey to Comrades webinars. So we'll be talking about what you need to be doing right now from a training perspective. Also, what you need to be focusing on in the next four weeks uh, Lindsay Parry will be joining me, as always, to talk about that. Your questions welcome, as always, as well. And we'll be talking running shoes this week. A lot of people are, are still trying to experiment with what shoes should they be running in on race day. And uh, we'll have uh, a running shoe specialist on the show as well. So that's coming up next Monday, half past seven. If you'd like to register, all you have to do is go to this URL, okay? It's runtalksa.co.za forward slash comrades. Nice and easy to remember. Register there. We'll send you an email with all the details, how you can access the webinar. And as always, really interactive. As I said, uh, you can pop us your questions on email or on the social media channels, and we'll answer as many of them, if not all of them, on the night. So looking forward to, to joining you next week, Monday, the 10th of Feb, for that Comrades webinar. And that's a wrap for this week's edition of Run Talk SA. I mentioned those Comrades Road shows as well. We in KZN this week, uh, Richards Bay on Tuesday, Margate on Wednesday, and then Central Johannesburg on Thursday. The following week, we head down to the Western Cape. We'll be in Cape Town uh, as well as Mossel Bay Tuesday through Thursday. So looking forward to catching up with you at those road shows. If you do pop into one of them, also bear in mind you stand a chance to win a trip to the Rome Marathon. All expenses paid courtesy of New Balance and all you have to do is come to one of those road shows. So even if you don't want to listen to myself or Lindsay Parry yak, just come and get an entry to that marathon. It's a fantastic prize. And that's it from me, Brad Brown. Until next week, have yourself a superb running week. And from me, Simon Parkinson, stay dry, don't run when there's lightning and have a great running week. <laughs>